The following is a My Talk 1071 production. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, you betcha, yeah. If it's made in Minnesota, who's making it and how? Yeah, you got that right. It's the makers of Minnesota, focusing on the products and services uniquely made in Minnesota, and conversations with the makers, entrepreneurs, and innovators in Minnesota about how they conceived of their products and how they brought them to market. With Stephanie Hansen, it's the makers of Minnesota. Hello, everybody. This is Stephanie Hansen, and you are listening to Makers of Minnesota, the podcast. We are on episode 12. And if you like what you're hearing, please feel free to share the love. You can share our podcasts on Facebook. You can like things on Instagram. You can follow us on Twitter. Also, it's really helpful if you give us a review. So if you're listening at Podcast One, you can do that or Stitcher or iTunes or any of the places that this podcast is available uh, podcasts are shared by review, so that's really helpful. I have just had a blast. My name is Stephanie Hansen, and I'm the host of this podcast. And when I started it, I was really interested and still am in finding out the real stories behind the people that make stuff in Minnesota. Like, how did they think of this? And what kind of startup money did they have? And did they leave their job? I mean, there's so much to mine here in terms of this very rich community that we have of makers in Minnesota. I'm here today with Julie Moss from Julie Moss Designs. Hello. Hello, and thank and, you for having me. Oh, yes, absolutely. I first ran into you, Julie, um, I think at uh, Lower Town Pop, which was a pop-up that another guest of mine, Becky Sturm, put together. Absolutely. And I walked by your booth and kind of looked at it, and then I stopped and I walked back because what I saw in your booth was really appealing to me. So... Do you want to go ahead and explain your product in your words, and then I'll tell you kind of my impressions of it? Okay. First of all, that's the best thing to ever hear is that you walked, you saw something, and turned around and came back. I love to hear that. So what I do is I find vintage silver that um, most people would throw away or they no longer want, and I upcycle it. We strip it down completely, and then we do a powder colorizing process so that the detail of the pieces come out, the pieces will never tarnish or fade, and it really brings the glamour and grandeur back to the pieces. So it's really fun because these are pieces that nobody is looking for um, as an entertainer and somebody who likes to have company. I don't use my silver any longer, so this is a really fun modern mix on something old and making it new exactly what I thought, though you said it way better. So <laughs> when I first ran into you, I had just done kind of the final purging of things from my mom's house who had died a couple of years ago. And, you know, most of our moms don't have like real sterling silver, right? It's right. plated. Some of it's more valuable than others. And I had my mom had a lot of sterling silver or what I thought was sterling silver. And right. when I did the research, Really, she only had a couple pieces that were sterling. And the other pieces, unless they had some significance to me because I remembered them or I would use them, we just like did not know what to do with them, right? Absolutely. So I ended up with like this kind of mishmash of things that I remembered that were meaningful to me. And my sister ended up with some stuff. And then I think we even um, recycled some of it. I can't even remember. But... When I walked past your booth, 
First thing I did was I saw silver and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But then I saw that you'd colorized it. And I mean, I have a plate right here, if you can hear. It is um, it is so incredible, A, the colors and the way that this uh, silver that's uh, powder coated shines. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first one I saw was like a Tiffany blue. It was a robin's egg blue. It was yeah. so beautiful. The design and the intricacies of the silver really pops with the colors that you have. Mm-hmm. And I was just stunned. I still love it so much just looking at the sample that you brought me today. I love to entertain. Okay. I like sterling silver and it's beautiful. But so much of the sterling from our parents' day, it's not necessarily of value, but it might have sentimental value, but it tarnishes. Yes. And yes. I'm just endlessly polishing silver for every holiday. I'm sick of it. I get it. I so get it. Um, when I got married, I also had registered for silver. And, you know, 26 years ago, it was the thing to do, and we really valued it, and it was really um, beautiful. But you would only take it out for special occasions because you would always have to polish it. Right. And I remember one day, um, I have two boys and my husband and I were at home and I think one of the boys was misbehaving and my husband got really upset and all of a sudden decided to start polishing the silver. So I was like, okay, so that's one solution when your kids misbehave. Maybe They're the you punishers. Give, <laughs> you, give, you give them the silver to polish. Um And over the years, things have definitely changed. So much of the home decor has changed where it's very functional and easy to use. And I found that I wasn't using my silver any longer and I would have it out. But then, of course, you had to still polish it. Right. And who wants to do that? Because it stinks and you still have to polish it the next time you want to use it. Yeah. And it's not easy. It's, you know, you got to get your, you don't want to scrub too hard. You want to buff and blah, blah, blah. It's just not a fun thing. And then I think, like most people, it kind of got stored, stashed, moved downstairs, kind of deeper and deeper in the house. And it kind of became very much forgotten. And um, one day I was on vacation and I came home and I had bought something and my older son had started to laugh. And he said, do you know what this is? And I said, it's just a tray I bought. And he said, well, it's it's powder coating on it. And the greatest thing is you can have them done. You can have powder coating done in any color. And I thought, boy, that's really interesting. And the wheels started to spin. And I kind of went through my house and pulled out all my silver in several pieces and started the process and just realized that it's a great way to keep our memories alive of our family and to keep the memories within the family. And it's just endless, the color selection and the fact that the pieces don't ever have to be polished and they just look beautiful and cool once they're done. They do look really beautiful. So um, how did you figure out, so your son suggested this process, what do they use powder coating for? Well, he is a um, mechanic slash handles some car um car dealers. And he had told me about this because he used to compete. And he said those magic words, you can have any color done. Yep. Which is funny because for me, I am usually dressed in all black, but I like to live in color. My house has a lot of color in it. And um, that's funny. I'm the same way. Yeah. I have a colorful dress on today, but when You're you very see colorful me today, there's... nine times out of 10, I'm all black. Right. Well, you do have a little red circle yep. and some other color. 
Um, so for me, that was like, wow, this is just so cool. And it's been used for car parts or outdoor lawn furniture. So it is quite durable. The tricky part is applying it to vintage silver that has been, you know, mis mishandled, miscared for for so many years. So there has been a process as far as figuring that out. So you have to, I'm assuming, get it really stripped down and clean before the powder coating will adhere. Yes. Um, it get, completely gets stripped down. You wouldn't even recognize it. We get rid of all the tarnish, all of the gunk, all of the the years of silver polish that has just been stuck in the corners so yep. you can't see the beautiful detail. So anyone can come to you. Okay, so let me back up a second. So you see this process and you're like, wow, this would be really cool. I could do this with silver. Where were you in your life that this idea, this light bulb went off? Like, had you been doing something else? Were you? Well, I first, I raised my two kids and did a lot of volunteer work. Were you a stay-at-home mom when I your kids were growing up? I was a stay-at-home mom. Okay. And once they got a little bit older, I became a co-founder of Dress for Success Twin Cities, which oh. is actually just down university. Sure, so neat. I feel right at home. And um, did that for many, many years. You've co-founded that? That's an amazing place in and of itself. Dress for Success is where you can take your gently used work clothing. Absolutely. And bring them and they will recycle them for people that need outfits for interviews and that sort of thing. Right. So there is a boutique. And then that's what I was doing for a long time. I was doing some image coaching for women who are going back to work but didn't necessarily know what was work appropriate. Sure. So we would suit them and give them um, some education as far as what they needed to know for mm-hmm. a job interview. So I was doing that for some time, and then this just happened. I think for so many makers and, and people, just um, you fall in love with something, and it turns into a job. It turns into your, your career, I guess. So when you originally started, were you just like doing it for friends and family or having home parties? Or did you go right to, you currently have actually a store right in Uptown at 2508 Hennepin. Did you go right from the idea to the store? Oh, no. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. So I started in, I want to say, November of 2014. Okay. And one piece turned into 10 pieces and 10 pieces turned into a couple hundred pieces, but I had nowhere to put them. Sure. So fortunately, my kids were older and they weren't home as often. And my husband was extremely patient and our entire main floor turned into a boutique. And I would do some pop-ups in my home and I would do any pop-up I could get invited to in the Twin Cities. And I just kept popping up everywhere. And then in April of 2015, I thought, well, I'll do a pop-up in a space that is vacant right now. By the time I moved everything in and set up all of the props, I had completely popped. And I thought, I do not want to pack everything up. And it was great because people were coming to see me by appointment or we were very much event driven at that time. And then in um, actually then in August of that year, I started the next generation of silver. And that's for people bringing their silver in to have it redone. So you started out buying pieces and redoing them and selling them. Correct. And now it's both, right? I can bring you my pieces and you'll do them to preserve my memories, or I can buy your beautiful pieces that you've hunted and found yourself. Absolutely. So the retail part started out um, very much because 
I would find fabulous pieces, and then you, of course, decide well, what color would sort of match the piece and maintain the integrity of the piece. So that was really fun for me. And people would always say, I have this box of silver of my grandmother's or my great aunt, and it's sitting in my basement, and I don't use it. I don't want to give it away, but I don't know what to do with it. And when August rolled around of that year, I felt that I had a really good handle on knowing how the pieces would turn out because, again, they're all vintage, and it's impossible to to know what's been done to them over the years. Right. And since the process is a powder that's sprayed on and then baked, you have to really be careful because you don't know if something is going to make it through that process. And I'm assuming sometimes there's errors. Well, originally, when I first started out, I would sometimes get a tray back with one handle and three feet. Right. (laughs) And I would be sick to my, and these were all my pieces. Sure. And I would be sick to my stomach because you find these fabulous pieces and you just can't wait to get them. And now they're, they're not usable. Yeah. So there's obviously the learning curve. And um, in August, I felt I had learned and I knew what to expect and could predict. And then I started the next generation of silver, which has been great because, as I said, people have silver hidden everywhere. And um, we sometimes act as a confessional. I hear lots of family stories, which is always fun. And, you know, you get some stories, well, this sister got these pieces, and, and this is what I of got. Of course. And um, we try to be very diplomatic. And um, it's fun because women will come in, mothers and grandmothers, and they will bring in 20 pieces of silver and then sort of go through each piece and decide who will get that in the family and what color would work for them. And I always say it's the perfect regift because these are pieces that you've grown up with and— We all have those memories of when they came out. So it really is endearing to see the process of these women and men. Families have come in and uh, picked out pieces for family members and the colors. I love the colors. You've got like black, white, red, green, yellow, pink, uh, Tiffany blue, purple. It just really runs the gamut. Now, for food grade, because where I saw a lot of this happening, too, is weddings, right. where people were serve using utensils that were either gold or white and right. kind of changing up the the traditional wedding plate. So black and white are food grade. Is that correct? Correct. So when I first started out, because those colors were not available, available to me in food safety colors, I went with all of the other colors under the sun. Yep. And it became very much about home decor and sort of reinventing pieces, a small piece as a catch-all for your car keys and sunglasses, and just really kind of focusing on home. And then once the colors became available to me in black and white, it was like, okay, let's really just take this. Yeah, because now you can do a cheese platter, you can do silverware. Absolutely. And it's nice. I feel white always looks best with food, and black is always the perfect complement. So that works really well. And for us right now, we just unveiled our fall color palette, fall winter. So we're really excited about that. We're actually doing an event in our store where you can come in and spin our color wheel and win a prize. So we're really excited because... This is the first season where we have been very strategic and really thoughtful about the colors Mm -hmm. and how they interact with each other and 
how they pair with each other. So it's really, really fun. So this has become a full-time job. And then some. And <laughs> Like then all some. good businesses do. I truly had no idea how much I would love it and how much I always want to be at the store. Um, in the beginning, it definitely was a struggle, just like everybody knows. Um, there were there were nights where there were some tears at the kitchen counter sure. and the thought of, oh, my gosh, I can't believe I'm doing this. Or What were the tears about? Was it about finances or just being tired because you were working retail hours? It was truly, I think, more about computers and Excel spreadsheets sure. and all of that. That was not my thing. A PL and, and no. trying to figure out profits? There was no business plan. This turned into, and I was very fortunate that I could turn something that I loved into a business. Um, so, you know, you obviously learn along the way and the tears were more just frustration of, okay, how do you enter this in and figuring out pricing and, and, you know, when should something go on sale? I, I did have somewhat of a retail background, but certainly not to this degree. Yeah. So have you had mentors that have been teaching you along the way or have you just been researching? How have you been figuring things out? Both. You know, you. I think the best lessons you learn are the ones from your mistakes. Mm -hmm. You promise yourself you'll never do that again. Can you give me an example of one that stands out in your mind? Sometimes listening to other people when you're maybe overwhelmed and you just kind of feel exhausted and you can't make a decision. And sometimes somebody else is just like, boom, this is what you need to do. And you know, deep down, it probably isn't right, but you're just sort of wiped out. Yeah. Um, so I've, I've gotten better um, just being obviously more confident with my decisions and knowing and how to stay true to my brand and what I want to put out there. Um, definitely listening to a lot of other people. And um, I found one of the main uh, reasons or what really got me to move, we were originally upstairs in our building and I felt like we were the best kept secret and then in January, I did a collective pop-up with a bunch of local women who either had extended a hand to me and mm -hmm. invited me to a pop-up or some new businesses that were just starting out. And we hosted a collective pop-up on one of the coldest days of the winter. And it impressed me that everybody came that had committed. Mm -hmm. I This was sort of my thank you to them. I said, please come bring your product and let's see what we can do. And that was the day I moved from the upstairs to downstairs. So that was a big jump in just kind of listening to my gut and knowing that we would make it work. And I was very fortunate. My husband would sit and encourage me and say, this is the right choice. This is the right thing. And just kind of moving forward with it. So when you started the business, how did you, what kind of money did you use for startup capital? Um, whatever credit card I had in my wallet at the time, it just was, um, like I said, there wasn't a business plan yep. and it just kind of started out with, you know, going to estate sales and in certain antique stores and finding really special pieces. My father had um, given me a connection to buy a Gaylord of silver, which is 700 pounds of silver plate. And um, going through each and every piece and picking out the pieces that I thought were going to be winners. Um, Did you just, max out your credit card? 
I have not maxed out my credit card. Um, I no. We I, had two, so one was maxed. One was almost always oh, maxed. Well, for the pieces I was purchasing, the the prices were pretty low, so yeah. it would have been kind of hard to max it out. Um, but you know, there's obviously all the other things, and that you pay go for manufacturing, it. but you're not actually paying for like equipment in your back no. room or no. Okay. It's, no, it is very expensive equipment, and at this point, I don't have the knowledge to 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 do that. I mean, I've done the powder coating, and I know how to do it, but at this point, it's impossible to be in two places at once. Yeah, and at some point, sometimes manufacturing your own product is not the way to no. go. No. So I saw that you were featured in Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine's yes. Home edition, um, a full-page article about you. So congratulations. Thank you. Very so excited. You're, you've got the product now. You can get it manufactured. So now it's a marketing game, right? It is. And um, we've been very fortunate early on to get a lot of um, press and publicity. And, you know, I think when you just love something and you so believe in it, you have no fear as far right. as sending out emails because nobody answers a telephone anymore. And being very persistent, and I think that that got me to where I'm at, and now it's you know going to the next level with the help of a team and just being far more strategic, you know, much more of the dreamer and the creative end of things. And sometimes I need to be told, no, 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 we don't need to do this color yet. Let's just wait. Mm-hmm. And so that's been really helpful as far as listening to somebody that's already been down the road before in retail. So, so who is mentoring you? Are they friends or did no. you reach out to an advisory board? I work with Styled Retail mm-hmm. and they have been amazing and very strategic and just really helpful. It's it's great to have a sounding board. In the beginning, it was very much um, my mother and I going through each and every piece and making sure that the details that the, the piece had a repousse border, and this is a rococo border, and and this is this um, century. And in the end of the day, it just didn't matter because people would see a piece and fall in love with it. Right. And that was that. And Styled Retail is a consulting company, correct? Yes. Um, tell our listeners uh, where something like that would come into play with your business or be useful. For me, it was very useful because, as I said, I'm not terribly strategic. I'm much more the dreamer. Mm-hmm. And um, they were very helpful. Kevin and Maria were very helpful as far as going into the fourth quarter and inter- introducing my fall-winter colors mm-hmm. and saying that, you know, these are colors that some should be retired, and then these are the trends. We really follow, you know, Pantone suggestions and the fashion trends. And then- So they really helped you not only just in the business of the day-to-day, but crafting and creatively. Absolutely. Cool. Because I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have thought that far ahead. Sure. I think I would have been more emotional, and I would have thought, oh, that's a beautiful color, and let's do that. So they were able to really um, provide the information and help with the trends that are out there so that we could put together some amazing collections. So the colors all worked with each other, and they also helped as far as breaking down the the pieces. So instead of everything being individually priced, we broke things down into collections. So the collections start at $28 and go all the way up. Yep. And that was, for me, very helpful. 
Um, it's interesting because sometimes someone can see something in your business that's different than the way that you see it because you're just staring at it on a day to day. Right. Was it hard for you to make the decision to hire a consultant? I mean, you're a small retailer. You have one location. A lot of people just bootstrap. And at the same time, they might be tripping over nickels when if they got that fresh eye, it may help them launch their products faster. Yes. Well, my my favorite expression is don't trip over penny. Don't trip over dollars to pick up pennies or don't trip to trip over pennies to pick up dollars. Um, So that was really helpful. Uh, That was a big decision to make because, you know, this isn't a an afternoon meeting. This Mm -hmm. isn't a one time meeting. And you want somebody who's going to be there from the beginning the end. And they have, they have done that for me. So that's great because sometimes you do, like you said, need somebody with a fresh eye to come in and say, yes, it's extremely colorful in here, but we need to sort of pull some of this back. So much of your products, I would think are visual, like someone visually seeing them. So they get how this all works. Um, Is social media a big part of your business? It's a really big part. I find that in this day and age, I sound like I'm dating myself, it all moves so quickly. And I feel like um, I love Instagram Mm -hmm. and I think we do a really, really good job. And it's really fun because it's all about being creative and putting out a visual that you're really proud of. What's your handle on Instagram? Julia Moss Designs. Okay. And um, it's really fun to sort of take your business and then incorporate, you know, other things that are going on in the world and how it all, you know, comes together at the end of the day. Um, we do a lot on Facebook, which has been really great for us. And um, I do tweet. and <laughs> Occasionally. Um, I tweet a little. And um, those have really been the best for us. But it just, it all moves so fast. Yeah, it is a really fast moving space. Is Pinterest uh, useful in your business at all? We have, we have done that. Um, We haven't been very active with it lately. For us, I think Instagram has become, um, truthfully for me, it's just more fun. And um, yeah, we haven't been pinning lately. It's interesting because just in my personal experience, Pinterest was sort of fun in the beginning and it was novel and you created these boards. And I almost feel like Instagram has taken over for me that visual medium space. Right. Um, I find myself pinning very rarely. I go on Pinterest to maybe look for an idea or something, but I don't really spend any time there unless I'm hunting for something. Sure. Um, and Instagram, it's just more like fun. I agree. And I think Pinterest, I've I've just seen and heard of too many brides getting married and the whole Pinterest of, I want this wedding. And just, I, I think it's a great venue and a great outlet. But I feel like with Instagram, it's a little bit more realistic for us. Sure, that it's not all of a, that's a, when I do social media for people. So, you know, uh, we all want these very stylized Instagram beautiful things. Right. But that doesn't just happen if you're a small business person. You know, even if you have good lights, it's all styled and it's hard to get that in an organic way and in a way that's fast enough to keep up with the way that you're producing your business. Absolutely. I think people forget that sometimes. It's like, well, we could do that, but it might even be just as important to get our products out there looking good in a way that's a little faster. 
Yeah, it is. It can be very intimidating because you sometimes feel the pressure that you have to put something out that is just amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, we don't always feel amazing each and every day. And, and, you know, it definitely takes time and effort. And sometimes you just do the the simple post and... And it's good enough. And you call it a day. Yeah, just to get the word out there. Do you do gift certificates? We do. Because I would think that might be fun. And holiday has to be a big time for you. It, well, this is like our first holiday being on the main floor. So we are really excited and um, we are prepared for the holiday rush. We're really excited about our sugar and creamers that are repurposed into bud vases. So we're really excited. They're $28 a piece. Cute. And they're really sweet. Thank you. And um, the, oh, I just totally lost my train of thought. Oh, from the time that I would bring you a piece, let's say, to the time that it would be done and ready for gift giving, how much time should I plan for that? I tell people four to eight weeks simply because I would rather surprise you with having it done earlier than disappoint you than having it be done after. Okay, so this is good timing for you to get the podcast out there so people can get their items in. I have For sure. You'll laugh. I literally have three pieces that I drove around with all summer for your, you had like a summer sale Uh and I missed the window. And then I finally brought them back into the house, but they're still in a bag with your address in there. And now I'm I'm moving, so that bag is still in my closet. I'm trying to make time to come and bring you my bag of stuff, but I've got a bag of stuff. I got it. That I I've love been it. carrying around. So uh, we are talking to Julia Moss. It's Julia Moss Designs. It is turning silver uh, colored through the powder coating process and repurposing your items, whether they're heirlooms or if you're just somebody that is looking for an unusual wedding gift. There's Absolutely. a lot of beautiful, uh, beautiful pieces. I was on your website, Julia Moss Designs. And even if you don't have your own silver, but you like this idea, they are so gorgeous. Thank you. And that's funny that you mentioned that because at the Lower Town Pop, a young girl came to the booth and wanted to buy her mother a gift. And she had gone on our website and sort of picked out what she had wanted and came and purchased it and said that her mother never had any silver growing up and she wanted to give this to her for a gift. So oh, that's so heartwarming. It's very sweet. Yeah. Plus, we'll be at Junk Bonanza this weekend. Oh, so. gosh, yeah. In Chan- Is it Chanhassen? Uh, it's at Canterbury. All right. So this podcast will be released. Typically, they release on a Sunday. Okay. So we'll miss that window. Okay. But do you have any other pop-ups coming up after that? We are not popping anywhere else. Except your own store, but which is plenty. we are at our store, and you can come spin our wheel until the 30th. And um, we will be doing some exclusive promotions closer to holiday time. So okay. we're really excited about that. And your Facebook page, I'm assuming, is Julia Moss Designs. It is. All right. Well, I really appreciate you being here today. Thank Again, you. I saw your product and just, it is so cool, I guess, is the only way I can describe it. And if you're somebody that likes, like, I love to entertain, our heirlooms and our family are precious to me, mm-hmm. but I'm also fussy and I don't have time for all of that. I'm too busy when I'm throwing a dinner party to take time to um, so clean the tray and Absolutely. just, I don't do any of that. So you this don't was like the anymore. perfect medium for me. Um, yeah, you really don't have to. And I think, honestly, some of your pieces are more beautiful than they were when they were silver. 
I would agree. Because again, you definitely see the detail that really pops. Yes. Sometimes I'll have a piece and then I have it done and it comes back and I didn't realize how beautiful the feet were or And just some the of the handles. white. Yeah. yeah. Some of your white pieces, just the detail that you can get in that is really lovely. So thank you. Thank you for being on the show today. I've wanted thank to you. talk to you about this in depth for some time. So I'm so glad that you came in. My pleasure. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening this week. Uh, We look forward to next week. We've got a whole great lineup for fall. We're going to be talking to lots of great makers in the Twin Cities, and we appreciate you listening.